waste time, so time is valuable. It's non-renewable, from what I'm told. It is a non-renewable <laughs> Non-renewable. And I also coach at 515 in the morning, so, you know, better you. Well, what do you guys want to talk about aside from, hey, let's talk about why is the Olympic Committee so fucked up? They were about to take weightlifting out of, uh, that was the news story this past week, is that the Mm -hmm. 2028 LA Olympic Games were the first provisional draft of it did not have Olympic weightlifting on it, but they had like breakdancing and some other stuff. Like, why is this happening? Breakdancing is in the Olympics this year, correct? I, I think, the next Summer Olympics? I think I'm pretty that, sure it is. Yeah, I think Popping so. Popping and locking for gold medals. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm kind of excited. I just found this out now for the yeah. first time. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> but I would like to see some breakdancing. I think uh, flag football as well is going really? in there. It yeah. is not. I swear to God. I think that, I think, I don't know if it's in there. Do I think that was on the first the provisional address. We need an official list. How can functional I don't want fitness to calls. not be in the Olympics? That's a good question. Right? There's a big committee. They have the international, you know, every uh, country has their own international fitness federation. They have this big, every year they have the world championships. And yet there's no, and you would think for the Olympic games, right? That, um, that, you know, maybe not cross, but some type of functional fitness would be a part of it. Yeah. You know, the argument is that they always said the fittest human on earth was whoever won the decathlon, right? Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's why. I I mean, I would. Go ahead. Not to cut you off, but we can get, let's get into the root of why the Olympic way. It's not like they're no, just no, like, no, no. I don't. well, you know, no, guys, we, sure. we need room to bring in the break dancers. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, Olympic way. I think, <laughs> you know, but they did do that to Greco-Roman wrestling years ago, right? Didn't they pull wrestling? I don't know that, but I I'm think pretty you might sure right. They pulled wrestling and uh, I think like softball from the Olympics years ago. Um mm. So who knows? I, I can understand before I get into the real reason why I think, but I'm, I can understand why um, things that are more a worldly sport would be in the Olympics than something specific to a certain country, such as the NFL, like sure. the NFL, I sure. would not think would ever be considered. I mean, flag football is not too far. I don't know if they're playing flag football in other countries or it's a mass popular sport. In the world, but I don't think it is. Uh, you know, Olympic weightlifting is represented in the poorest of poor to the richest of risk, rich countries. So this is true, but yeah, but you want? I mean, it's probably the most corrupt of all the sports. <sighs> so yes, <laughs> no, 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 a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That is, it is very corrupt. My question is: Is it any more corrupt than track and field? Probably not, but it doesn't bring in the dollars and there the viewership the track and field does. When I was thinking, yeah, I mean, but it, the same t- like with track and field, it's it's a much larger pool of events, much larger pool of athletes. Um, versus Olympic weightlifting is very specific. Obviously, there's weight classes, but yeah. you don't have multiple events with Olympic weightlifting. But they always talk too about like for Olympic weightlifting. Um, so in the IWF, like Worlds or um, any of the other international big competitions from them, you know, you have the opportunity for three medals, snatch, clean, jerk, and total. In the Olympics, it's just total. You only have the opportunity oh. for one. So, you know, you're training for a quad 
for one medal versus track and field or more swimming, I would say, is more where you could walk away with multiple medals. Um, yeah. So, you know, you don't even get that opportunity in Olympic weightlifting. But the corruptness versus the dollars that are being generated is the exact reason, I think. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, the Russians haven't helped. It's just the, the massive drug use as well. Yeah. Now, certainly, you could argue that it's everywhere in the Olympics and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's on something. But it hasn't been quite as publicized. Yeah. Nor is it maybe seen as, as um, what's the word, I guess, as positive an impact you know it has much more of a positive impact when you think about steroid use and anabolics in terms for like a strength sport strength, yeah yeah versus somebody doing a vault right right yeah i don't know no i mean i'm with you but, i you know those are the reasons why they're like huh? no you're right well that's why you know I, I don't i don't know anybody in the ioc or any like specific things but it just makes me feel like who was the female track athlete where um i'm marion jones thank you yes where uh you can tell the story better than me, but yada, yada, yada. She, uh, like was pregnant, got pregnant where they couldn't test for a certain thing that she actually was using something. I, I don't want to speak bad on a podcast that I'm incorrect about, but there is, there is something. Yeah, no, there is. I know. Right. But cheating in general is it's prevalent even in, I would almost say it's shocking to think that there's not more cheating in the higher, the dollar amount of the sport that it's being generated from. So, I don't know, the NFL, like the script writer stuff, it just cracks me up because I feel like the NFL is rigged. It is shocking how much, um, like if you look at the Vegas like betting lines, how much they can control things. So when you get to a sport that's like Olympic weightlifting where there's not a lot of money being generated, it's it's shocking to me still why there's that much corruption and cheating in it, aside from just cultural and generational, that's how we've done it for so long. Time to get the conversation lens. Honestly, I just <laughs> is there corruption in gymnastics? This is the first time I'm hearing that it wasn't on the ballot list for the event. Oh so yeah, I gotta, you know I got a whirlwind of. <laughs> I've been losing sleep over here. I know. I didn't even know that this was happening. Yeah, LA. So is it still officially not on the list, or did I, they amend I, the list and now it's on it? I do believe it is officially going to be in uh, LA 2028. I do think I heard that like an hour ago. I think I heard okay. that. Um, but just so anyone that's listening, in case you don't know, so say, for example, there was 10 weight classes on the male and female side. Uh, was it this past Olympics where they was the first quad where they stripped the weight classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the IWF <clears throat> was, uh, I'm sorry, the IOC basically went to IWF that was like, if you don't get this sport cleaned up, we are going to strip this from the Olympics. And they're like, if you don't clean up the drug test, it's going to go away. So that was before the last quad. There was still a bunch of positive drug tests. So they were like, you think we're playing? Guess what? Every other weight class we're stripping. There's a little bit more specifics to it than that. But so say, you know, if you're one weight class below me, and then it's me, and then Tom will say there's a new young buck that's in your weight class and you need to shift the weight class, the one right above you and right below you does not exist um, anymore. Are gone, yeah. And then say there's a huge Olympian, or like an Olympian, like this has happened to Maddie Rogers. Like she's had to move weight classes quite mm-hmm, a bit mm-hmm. for this exact scenario. Scenario, like I, I don't know exactly if she went up three weight classes, but she's gone up a lot in mm-hmm. probably like four years, four or five years. So um, it's it's really making the sport different and it's affecting it. Um, 
I don't know if I want to say in a positive or negative way, but it definitely makes it wild and yeah. entertaining. Um, so I, so anyways, to get back to the original uh, thing of why they're stripping that and money is not to take the subject to another uh, topic, but the sport of weightlifting is so entertaining. Like it could generate so much money. Same thing with fitness and, and CrossFit in the Olympics. Like if the right people did it, I feel like there is, it's all about the drama and the storylines. It's like the Browns versus 49ers, the scuffle before the field. It's like, oh man, I'm really pumped up about this now. You know, there's there's storylines and there's drama in it. In the back room, there's stuff, and that's why that weightlifting house is doing a good job with stuff where they're telling the storylines. And it's like, oh, this guy, normally his programming is whatever he does. Muscle snatches into squat snatches. I can't believe I just said squat snatches, but uh, <laughs> but he sees like his competitor across the room doing back squats that day, and he's like, I'm back squatting more than him right now, just to mess with his mind. Like it is so highly entertaining to see that stuff happen. So I don't know. To me, it's like the Jake, uh, the Paul brothers right now with boxing. Like there is entertainment to be had, and I think if you just put it correctly, yeah. I don't know. There's... No, I, I don't disagree with you. I think I think you have to walk the fine line between entertainment and you know what the sport is because a lot of times you know you will water down. A perfect example is the NFL, right? Like the game now is you know of course it's protecting players and it's you know these guys are getting huge contracts and you know they took all the kind of they put a lot of rules in so defensive players are at a disadvantage so there's big touchdowns and big plays. And, and that's all in to your point to make it more entertaining for people. Um, but does it does it hurt the, the you know what the sport was kind of designed to be? So that's always right. It's just are people so you know like a, a perfect example is Deion Sanders with what he's doing in Colorado. Unfortunately, you still have to win games. Mm-hmm. But he's smart enough to understand that there is a massive part of the population that doesn't care, that right. just wants to be entertained. Now, a guy yeah. like me, I'm like, man, and I love Dion. Like, I, I've been a fan of his since I was a little kid and watching him play and everything like that. But, you know, the whole idea of the gold chains and we work in and everything, it only, in my opinion, none of that shit matters. Mm-hmm. You know, and getting all now. Look at it, with the NIL money and everything that's going on in athletics now. It's it's all about me, mm-hmm. which sucks. But at the same, like, it's this crazy thing happens when you win. People want to be a part of it, right? right? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of kind of getting bastardized now, right? Like, you know, Colorado is four and three or whatever, three and three. Yeah. They've had three losses in a row, and I'm sure they're still, you know, making a ton no of money. Cares. Their players yeah. are making big NIL money. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the starting quarterback of Colorado drives a Phantom Rolls Royce. Yeah. He's an 18-year-old, 19-year-old college kid. He's driving a half-a-million-dollar car. You're like. Yeah. What? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, irregardless of what he does. And it used to be if you won ball games. Yeah. That's what got you yeah. the clout. That's what got you the love. That's what got you the money. And now it's if you know how to play the social media right. game now, no doubt. That's what yeah. gets you. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, going back to the Olympics, you know, the IOC, IOC is obviously notorious for corruption. I yeah. mean, you know, they're just terrible stories. But I think when you talk about Olympic weightlifting specifically, when you go to other countries, it is a big sport. When you yeah. know um 
you know, I, I was very blessed to actually go to the Olympics uh, in 1996 and there in Atlanta. We, my brother and I spent three weeks there. And it's when I fell in love with Olympic weightlifting. We saw Olympic weightlifting for the first time. Yeah. Kind of knew what it was, but yeah. like saw it and was like, oh shit, this oh, is wild. God. Um, was that the Puro Stimas here? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I mean, I met him. I stood next to, got a picture with him the whole yeah. thing. Uh, it was, you know, they were super accessible because, again, nobody, you know, was not mm-hmm. a hot ticket. Nobody yeah. really cared. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, he did the same thing in other countries during when they were in Athens, yeah, he was like Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. Um, so I think that's the hard part with Olympic weightlifting is the United States. Yeah. Um, and I think they're trying to do a better job. Like you used to go to meets and it was like, you know, super quiet and, right. you know, yeah. and now Stale. they got stuff where people are playing music and trying to make it a little more upbeat and fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tough sport. So is so is CrossFit. I mean, yeah. if, I you, if you're general population and you're like just somebody who doesn't really know anything about it, and you're just, it depends on the event. Yeah. But you know, if you're watching a 30 minute whatever ruck run, you're like, you're oh, like what this is, is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all appreciate it because we know yeah. what it is. Yeah. But like, you know, if Your I told my sister show, to watch yeah. it, she'd be like, "This is so stupid." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? This. So it, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you, but I disagree with some of the stuff. Here's a question. You know, we started talking about, you know, drug use and you brought up Marion Jones and Marion Jones was part of the big Balco labs, you know, controversy and Victor Conti, who was never a doctor, but everybody assumed he was a doctor and Mm -hmm. he was putting together these massive drug protocols for Mm -hmm. all of these major, major athletes. Um, Barry Bonds, right? Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Marion Jones, some other, uh, who's the other sprinter? Tim Montgomery. I don't want to. Carl Lewis. It was not Carl <laughs> Lewis. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, the, you know, is everybody on stuff? You know, I mean, when you look at like the Russians, they, like the entire country got banned from the Olympics because literally every person, didn't yeah. matter what the sport, was on something. So it's a, it's, you know. It's, it's just a wild, it's a wild concept to me. Is in. Here's here's my thing with it is that people go to such great lengths to hide it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have people on social media, I'm all natural, I'm all natural, this and that. Yeah. And it's like no one no one at the end of the day really gives a shit if you're not, but it's like the fact that you try to portray it as you're not. Right. I guess that's that's the thing that just boggles my mind. Like Yeah. No one really cares. That's that's why bodybuilding, bro. It's like there's bodybuilding and then there's quote unquote natural bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just assumed like it's, they're all geared up. But the reality is, is that natural bodybuilding makes no money. Mm-hmm. No, I know, you right? Know, guys who go to the Olympia and, I know. and you know big shows, and the guys that make millions and millions because right. they look like freaks because they're on all the gear yep. that they could you know get into their Possibly systems. Get in. Yeah, and you know, and they know like they're gonna most of them die before they hit fifty years old. Um, but they're cool with that 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 risk, I guess. Which is a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you go down the rabbit hole of pharmacology and what these people are doing and putting their bodies in, you know, a bunch of CrossFit people got popped with SARMs. And I know we've talked about them a little bit on a couple of podcasts, but it's just like the protocols. And I mean, if you go down a rabbit hole online, I mean, you can find like these guys just pumping themselves yeah. full, yeah, you know, full of stuff. Yeah. Um, and these bodybuilders have, 
uh, I think it's called bigorexia. Is that, I think it, uh-huh. it's like a legit thing called where these, they just don't think they're big enough. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, there was a guy, there was some documentary my wife and I were watching, um, and it was a guy and he was actually from Northeast Ohio and now he was living in Vegas and training. Hmm. And he was like six, six, like 380 pounds. I mean, Damn. Yeah. Huge. That's massive. Yeah. and he's like, I'm just not big enough. It was like, a, like legit psychological, yeah. like he's like, I it look all, in the mirror and I just It all goes back don't. to mental health. It, it always goes back yeah, to mental health. Right. Yeah. It totally does. <laughs> Man. It totally does. Um, but it's like this weird, you know, but like creatine's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and creatine is a, you know, it's, it, it could be a significant performance enhancer. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, now it's safe and, you know, all of those things. But there's, there are certainly plenty of doctors out there that will advocate that, you know, hormone replacement, if done correctly underneath the, you know, there, it certainly can be safe as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, where do you draw? Where's, the, yeah. Right. What is the line? The and line, right? How do you figure it out? Yeah. You know? Well, that's, that's it, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of has come full circle, which I kind of want to touch back on when we were talking Olympic weightlifting and then you touched on uh, Colorado college football for a minute yeah. and money. I yep. mean... It, it really, I mean, this, I'm not saying everyone else needs to think this way, but for me, like the NCAA and like, like good on Colorado for doing that. Cause for me, it's like, if they have, when I say they NCAA or just the college industry in general has found a way to make mass amounts of money off the kids. Sure. Sure. And forever they didn't have to make any money off, or, uh, you know, they were just collecting all that dough. So good on them for figuring out a way to, well, get on whoever, but they found a way to do that. And now the athletes are actually able to, you know, uh, be in a different position than they've been in for a long time where they could benefit from it. Um, I feel like, however, that and that is like, that needs to happen with weightlifters and CrossFitters in some way, like some business or somebody needs to come in and be like, this model is doomed. This is not on the trajectory of success. And these are the changes that need to happen for money to be generated and athletes to be supported. Yeah. Um, it's a very, in my opinion, it's a very complex topic. Yeah. Um, because when you talk about the NCAA and paying athletes and using likeness and, you know, uh, when you talk about like Ohio State football generates X amount of revenue and, you know, yeah. the, I don't know, Ohio State tennis generates X amount of revenue. Like how do you do a revenue share if you were going to go that model? Right. But you know, Linz, you were a college athlete. I mean, you know, back in the day you, you got, there were massive restrictions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you got it. You got a stipend every month. Um, you know, I mean, it was like, you couldn't make over $300 a month. I think something might, at least yeah, when I, something. Yeah. I don't think it was not exactly. I don't remember, but yeah, like there were like limits and everything was very like structured and we were kind of like right on the brink of social media, I feel like. Okay, yeah. So when, you know, I like Facebook was really big when I was in college. Okay. So that was like always something like... um that our coaches were adamant about is like being, being very particular about what we posted and what pictures we were tagged in and like all kinds of things. Like we always had to 
You know, our yeah. coach would go through our, our pictures and be like, take that one down, untag yourself, untag yourself, untag yourself. Oh, wow. Isn't yeah. that wild? Mm-hmm. And now it's, there's not, I mean, it's just like. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was like that. <coughs> At Kent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For gymnastics? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. I mean, they just want, I and it makes sense. They just wanted the team and us as a whole mm-hmm. to be portrayed well, which, you know what I mean, as it should have been, but it was like. Yeah, we yeah. Had, we definitely paid attention to that for sure. And, and I mean, that certainly makes sense. Uh, and, and it makes sense to us, I think. But in the world where money drives everything mm-hmm. and clicks, you know, are the things that drive the income. I mean, I think about, you know, the, the second highest earner in the country right now for NIL <clears throat> name, image, likeness in college is a female gymnast from LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's any good. I don't you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, she gets lots of likes on her, uh, whatever. And, you know, she's I, getting paid like she's, three point she's some a good million looking dollars. young lady. Yeah. And she's an attractive she, woman. Yeah. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I, I'm generally, generally not familiar with the story, but I think I, I passed it. So is this, is she, I mean, I'm giving her, I'm not putting anything bad about her, but <laughs> is she not the best athlete, but her, well, that's, I, that's the point. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if yeah. she's, but her like social media, like she's finding ways to generate money through social media without mm-hmm. her, not necessarily due to her athleticism. The second top earner in the country for NIL is a backup quarterback at the university of Texas who just happens to have the last name Manning. Huh. I mean, so it's just, you know, yeah. Well, that um, definitely makes things complicated. But so, but it all just kind of like has spiraled out of control, mm-hmm. right? Where it's again, it's not about winning; it's about doing whatever you can do to make sure that you're getting yours. You know what I mean? That you're getting. It, I mean, it really it goes back to like you said, entertainment. Yeah. If, yeah. if people watch what you're doing or look at your pictures and they laugh, smile, or some other, or get angry, have any sort of a reaction sure. to it. Yeah. That is what it's, that's what it's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't win, lose, draw. That doesn't matter in the sports world in that particular sense. It's really just entertainment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're battling people scrolling all day, every day. And if you happen to have something that gets them to stop for a second, you've won. Yeah. Like that's really what it's about. 1000%. Man. Not crazy. That's what we think. Not, like when mm-hmm. you were talking about uh, DN, you know, for me, I, <clears throat> I think of like other countries and how, I don't know, I don't know if it's just, I don't want to get too deep into <laughs> psyche of Americans right now, but um, <coughs> I feel like the attention span is so small. And for other countries, it's more about like generational, like you're going to be a weightlifter, you're going to do the, there's just, there's more patience and more things that kind of slow down. I feel like America, it's so fast. So let me ask you a question. And then I want to say some in response to it. How long do you think Deion Sanders will be at uh, Colorado? If I know it's impossible to answer, but if you just had to, just had to guess. Whether he gets fired or he gets another job. Oh, but, he won't get fired. He'll yeah. never get, I mean, it, it, <clears throat> you know, they went from, you know, selling like, I don't know, something like 300 mm-hmm. season ticket packages to selling out the stadium for the first time in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I can't see him. I, I I think the only thing would lure him away. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't need money. 
Um, but if it's a bigger stage, a right. bigger opportunity. So if it's a place like, I don't know if Nick Saban retires and Alabama needs a new head coach, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because if he's able to do what he's able to do at Colorado with a much smaller fan base, and then right. you go to a place like Alabama where the fan base is crazy right? Um, and massive, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So where I was going with that is, could you imagine a scenario where, so Dion, Coach Prime as we know him, imagine if he stayed at that school for 25 years and the recruits and the next generation of uh, athletes are coming through that way. Like if that never happens, it falls just right in line with that whole social media, just scrolling through your phone, scroll, scroll, scroll so fast versus if he stayed there and generationally he's able to turn that, that whole program around and just generate millions and millions of dollars for that place. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I'm kind of at with well, it's very rare in the world of athletics because the world of high competitive athletics because it is you know you have to win right so, you yeah. know if he's in a situation where he loses you know has a losing season you know it doesn't matter who he is i think i think the, the program would look for a new coach i mean you look at ryan day that coach at ohio state right now i mean he was lost to Michigan last year, and even you know now they had a couple of bad games. They're still yeah. undefeated, or yeah, they're undefeated. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I think they are. But the you know the alumni base is you know calling for his head. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a super crazy dynamic. I, I just think <clears throat> that I couldn't imagine being a head coach now. We, I talk about this all the time. Uh, you know, my high school team was a, a dominant team in the country and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we sucked this year. <laughs> and, you know, alumni are furious and all the message guys with, you know, all the football alumni on the message thing, furious. And, um, and there's a lot of talk of the way it was, right? And the way it was was, you know, we were tough. We got verbally assaulted. We got probably physical, you know, we trained like we were in the army. I mean, it was a lot of running and conditioning and nonstop. And if you got sick, you know, after everybody was done, you stayed after practice and finished your running and, you know, all of these things. And it was all like, hey, if if this person on the team's doing it and this person on the team's doing it, you know, and you get sick and you can't do it, but you got to get it done because you're part of the team. You're not an individual, right? If you get sick and you have to step out, now you're an individual. You're no longer part of the team. But in this day and age, I mean, the stuff my, and, and he is my mentor. He's the reason why I'm a strength coach. He's one of the greatest humans I've ever met in my life. But if he did now what he used to do to us when we were freshmen in high school, and he, I mean, not physically, but I mean, just made yeah. us much tougher. And yeah. I'm sure you had coaches like that. I'm sure you had coaches like that. Absolutely. But in this day and age. Can't do it. He would have been fired, not only fired, all over social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like we're losing the ability to be leaders. Yeah. Um, because, you know, everything is just a click away and everybody is looking for the next I know. great thing. So yeah. the, a couple of weeks ago, they had their big rivalry game. And um, one of the freshman coaches, one of the freshman coaches, made a comment along the lines of, Hey, if those guys were smart enough to get in school here, they'd be here with you right now and not at that other place. That was the comment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, seems innocuous, seems, you know, he didn't call anybody a name. That kid went home, told the parents. The parents called Cleveland.com. Cleveland.com runs a story. 
that a coach at this high school was talking this. And I feel like I saw this. Yeah, it was, like, it was like I read like two seconds into it. I'm like, but I'm like, it was the most this? ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm. cra- but so it's like twofold. It's you know, it's that. Um, that the media would run with that because it's a hot story because it's a prominent high school, but it's also like the idea that the parent would be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't no. know how we got onto that, but no, no, I mean, just, I agree. Just ranting. Um, well, I mean, we were just kind of talking about like, this is the way, yeah, this is like the way the world is now. So it's like back then. Yeah. I mean, I think about when I was a young strength coach. I mean, you know, I was tough but fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you always knew where you stood. Yep. Um, and if you did something you were not supposed to do, you know, that was it. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, but nowadays it's, yeah, no, you right. know, and even at this high school, it's sad to say, but it used to always, always like it was this kind of place where you couldn't cut sleeves off your shirt. Right. Like mm-hmm. everybody, because if you cut, you're an individual. And so you, know, everybody had to wear long shirts. There was nobody was allowed to wear football gloves unless everybody wore football gloves. Oh, wow. it was, yeah. And now it's the school's social media channels just post, doesn't post about wins and losses. Doesn't post about the team did this. It's just, this guy got a scholarship. This guy's getting looked at by this school. Wow. Mm-hmm. This guy, they're one and eight right now. And now it's just, Hey, this guy works so hard. He's getting a scholarship. It's like no regard for the other 21 players on the team that are out there mm-hmm. and the other hundred kids that are on the bench. Um, that's crazy. But that's just, just the world we kind of live in now. I was going to say, you Sucks. know, you, uh, you know, I, I get very deep in thought about certain things, but I'll latch on to certain things that people say. And something you just said, uh, tough but fair. Tough but fair, I feel like that is, and I'm not trying to sound cheesy, it sounds like a chapter in a book, but tough but fair. Uh, one of my old bosses when I was in the beer industry for a long time, he, he was awesome. Love him. Uh, he was ex-military, and um, he he wasn't necessarily militant to us, but he was like the definition of tough but fair. And I remember when uh, he first got transferred in was the, the boss for us, and he had to do uh, reviews for like 100-plus people on his staff. And like if it was like a one to five or whatever, everyone got like a bunch of threes, and he's just like, and everyone was pissed. And I remember him coming to me because he was like younger and he was kind of my buddy. And he was just like, dude, everyone's like pissed. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's probably because everyone thought they should have gotten like fours or fives on the reviews. Sure. And he's just like, he's like, if I, if your employment is to come here for 40 hours a week and get $20 an hour and you do that, that is fair. That is average. Mm-hmm. That, that's not above and beyond. That's not outstanding. That is that is average. And that for me, a lot like that really stuck with me for a long time. And I don't know if necessarily that is the answer key to going forward with a lot of what we're talking about with like the old football program and how it once was versus how it is now. But I feel like that could be something that uh, some people could use nowadays more than, more than it's being portrayed. Yeah. 1000%. I just, everything's so And Lindsay already alluded to it. Everything's so accessible. Everything's mm-hmm. so quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. the idea of like going to nursing school and, you know, having to work for three years and study and, you know, stay focused and stay consistent with all that. Now there are so many avenues and there was that mindset to do that was always looked at as a noble pursuit, right? Like, ah, she's working hard. You know, she gets mm-hmm. up early, she goes to bed late. She's doing a man, she's going to be successful. But now with the way the world is, there are 
lots of kids younger than us that are making a lot more money than us by <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah. True. You know, they take up pictures every day and boom, you know, and they're making tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not yeah. millions. You know, I think like, I mean, I think there's plenty of <clears throat> good and tools that come out of YouTube and the internet, but I don't know, it's just uh, like, can you imagine like back before the internet, like before I'm using music as the examples, I play instruments. Um, like back in the day growing up, if you were a guitar player and you heard Van Halen for the first time and you were just like sitting in your room, how the hell do you make those sounds? Right. So where I'm going with that is your brain, like you have to put yourself in a state to force yourself to, whether it's physical adaptation or your brain, like you have to, when people first heard Van Halen, when it first came out, Lynn's the guitar. So like no one ever played like that. Like it wasn't like, all right, here's this blue scale. And it goes like that. It was like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> with that dude's hands? Um, and you know, it forced people to really, adapt, learn, uh, be experimental, creative. Like it really just pushed the boundaries in a way that now if something like that comes out and just go on YouTube, it's like, oh, that's the quote unquote trick. That's how it's mm -hmm. done. So I don't know. I think uh, that that stunts a lot of people with being able to have discipline, honestly. The struggle to persevere. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. That was great. Yeah. That's, that's it. That people don't, people don't embrace that no i feel like no anymore no they get frustrated and quit mm -hmm. not everybody i shouldn't say everybody, not but, everyone but that no. seems prevalent and it seems silly because like we sit here and we talk about it and like you know just like general generation wise like i feel like people are just kind of mentally getting weaker and weaker and weaker and that's why we have all these issues but i feel like there's so many people who are like what the hell is going on mm -hmm. but no one like how do you how you how do you fix that there's so many then other people on the flip side that are like feeding into it that it's like you know there's no i know how do you fix there's that no right answer. well i mean whether or not that kid wants to learn the van halen riff i think the bigger issue is are they willing uh, and Lynn just said it, are they willing to sit there, even if with the access to YouTube and teachers and a lot of kids are not willing to sit there for two hours, you right. know, they're going to learn it a lot quicker than the kid in the eighties who heard it for the first time yeah. because they have access to all it, but they don't want to utilize the tools because it'll still take two or three hours. And they're <laughs> right. like, oh, screw this. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, no, I'll, I just be, I'll just become a DJ and just go. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Right? Yeah. What's that horn sound? I'm afraid to hit one of these bonsai smiths, but I think <laughs> I got that. Else. I could cue that up. But no, you know, I mean, and I don't want to be overly damning and so like old school with it, with where it's like there's nothing that, that good comes from that. I mean, listen, full disclosure, I've learned a shit ton of stuff on YouTube. I think no, you've made mention yeah. like like your uh, son, if I may, yeah, his, yeah, on yeah, drums yeah, was certainly very good. I've learned. I mean, it's still whether. I'm not saying it's the same thing as a textbook by any means and sitting in a classroom by any means, but being able to put yourself in that state where you're like, I need to work to learn, adapt, get better, insert whatever saying you want. But I don't know. I think that's really the, what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, there's, look at, there's access to information way more than there ever has been. Of course, uh, did you just, I don't know if you guys saw it. I think it was the head of... The National Health something, 
some big health group that oversees studies and the guy came out basically like all the studies are corrupt. They're all just funded by whoever no. wants. I mean, <laughs> like every study you see has been, you know, corrupted by something or someone. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and you see it, you see it a lot in the nutritional landscape, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, if you read, um, this great book called the big fat surprise by Nina Teklutz, something like that. That's her last name, but it's, 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 you know, a huge, huge book. And the first part of it is all of the faulty research that was pushed to the federal government and was paid for by lobbyists to say fat is this terrible thing and, you know, mm-hmm. sugar is great and you guys are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And the federal government, I mean, had to do it, right? They had to subsidize agriculture and make money from corn. Otherwise, you know, it was going to destroy the economy. And, you know, there was reasons behind it. But sure. when you read about the level of <clears throat> corruption at the level that it's at, and it's, it's, so it, then it turns, then it's like all of this, right? Whether it's fitness, whether it's nursing, whether it's music, it all comes down to how driven the individual is going to be to become yeah. something special. Yeah. And unfortunately in this day and age with so many people out there that think they're special, <laughs> um, it makes it tough to want to, you know, go that extra mile because you're just like, oh, cause you know, the, uh, the perception is that, that split second split shot on your Instagram or on your Snapchat and you see that person, you're like, Oh, well, why am I even trying? Cause they're crushing mm-hmm. life. And yeah. I feel like that's huge. What you just said right there. Like, I feel like that when people talk about like mental health and stuff like that, I feel like more than anything else, it's what you just said when they see something on social media and they're like, that person is so good at guitar. So good at this and that, why am I even trying? Like, I'm so yeah. sad that I'm, I'll well, never just, get there. We live in this world of extremes. <clears throat> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like I, I had a conversation with somebody that I'm working with and uh, she was, I, I, I'm going to start 75 days hard. And she's like, what do you think? And I was like, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> like a terrible idea. This person has a high stress job. It, every day is running. It's got the, you know, she has kids like, no, it's yeah. the dumbest yeah. thing ever. Like, why would you, well, I got to reset and I got to this and that. It's like, how about this? Create structure stay consistent. Mm -hmm. You can get really fit. You can get really strong. You can be really successful. You just create some structure and stay consistent. You don't have to get up and run 35 miles on broken knees. You don't have to, you know what I mean? But, but that's again, going full circle to original content. That's what sells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. David Goggins running. I shouldn't say his name is probably gonna hunt me down, but (laughs) you know, on his Instagram running, like what's up bitches. Yeah. You know, you're just a bunch of sorry ass weak bitches and I'm out here. Like, yeah, I know. Like what? What? I know. Like, and that's great. That's worked for him. And I mean, if you've read his books, it's his life is astounding and it's incredible. Sure. Um, but you know, he has time in his day because he's a multimillionaire now because of his books and his speaking where he can run 40 miles in the middle of a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's why, I mean, I dig Jocko, right? It's just yeah. super, super easy. Just stay disciplined. Yeah. You know, create a plan, stick to the plan. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, it's like, um, you know, I do cold plunges. I've been doing cold showers and cold plunges since like the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, I tried to jump in an ice bath and there's no effing way. And I'm like, why would you jump in 35 oh, degree yeah. water? Like, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Yeah. Well, isn't that, Mike? No, man. Start with like a cold shower where you can deal with it. 
right? Like yeah. that's, that's, yeah. and, and then over time you will gradually get to that 35 degree, but you know, it's, can you, can you stay consistent with it? Yeah. You know, you might be able to get in there for 45 seconds in the first day, but you ain't doing it again. Cause it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a rough one. I'm a fan of the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> the cold plunges you know i mean this time of year it's great but yeah um yeah no i know what you're saying though but yeah so i, I just and it's and don't get me wrong i mean my mindset has shifted a lot from when i was a young man it was always more is better more is better got to do more two a days three a days sure um you know got to get to a certain weight hey man i'm just eating one subway sandwich a day and i'm at the track in the morning um and in the weight room at night and all, all of that kind of crazy stuff um and it goes back, I mean, I'm going to tell the story. When I was a very young man playing football, there was like weight classes. So if you weighed over mm. a certain weight. <laughs> the dot? Yeah, you got the dot. And you could not run the ball. Well, I was a running back, and it was like all I ever wanted to be. So the the weight cutoff was 115 pounds, and I was like 114 and a half. And I mean, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. And I don't know where it comes from. I call it the Rocky mindset, you know, watching Rocky growing up, but like I would lock myself in a bathroom and turn the shower on as hot as I could and turn it into a giant steam room. (laughs) Yeah. And then I would make myself throw up and to make sure I was, I would make weight. Yeah. And then I would make weight and then I would crush donuts and you know everything else. But it was like, and it was like, even what I did to my knees and my knees are fucked now because of that extreme mindset. But if it's like, if I just had stayed consistent and just kind of probably would have had the same level of success, I don't think it, you know, and my knees would be much healthier now. I, so. It's so funny you brought that up. I was just talking about this with my parents uh, on so Sunday. Stupid. Or last Sunday, I'm sorry, last Sunday. Uh, but I wrestled in high school and it was the same thing. Like, I don't know. It's funny when my dad, <laughs> I'm on the show one day. Uh, he's funny. But he was like talking about uh, wrestling in high school and, uh, you every at the end of every week, freshman JV doesn't matter. You always have the opportunity to wrestle the varsity guy the last uh, day of the week, and if you won, you got a spot. Or if somebody was hurt, you know you could move up and wrestle off, wrestle off for that spot. And I do when you're talking about consistency and all that stuff. Maybe I'd be a little bit better off. I do feel that because um, I wrestled everywhere from 145 to. Was it 187? I want to say was the class. Yeah, I floated like 40 pounds. But like, I'd wear the sauna suit before school. I wouldn't shower. I would just wear it in my school uniform during school. Go work out after. Probably really not eat anything at all. Like drop a bunch of weight. And it's like, oh, there's a spot uh, 20, 23 pounds up in uh, in a week. I got it. You know, I might have been like seven or eight pounds under, but I would float like that in high school. And yeah, that wasn't very consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, probably not the best idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm sure your extremes were crazy too. Wrestling yeah. is a whole different ball game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They're getting smarter. But weight classes, but weight classes in general, you know, you got to be, you got to be strict, and you got to be. There's no cheating that. 
I don't know, guys. I think I think uh, we solved the world's problems. So with, who's going to be around forever? A couple of them, uh, right? Colorado. Yeah, Dion's going to be the coach forever. Well, I hope for your sake, Jimmy. There's a there's the weightlifting in the Olympics because I don't know what what you'll do. Listen, before we every bring, podcast from here on out yeah. is going to be about weightlifting and how it should be in the Olympics. Listen, I'm just saying before we wrap it up, I'm just saying that sport. I I know I'm crazy and I'm passionate about it. I am just saying. That sport, to me, if baseball is a dying sport in uh, America, there's no fucking way that weightlifting can't succeed. Like, if if baseball succeeded and now it's a dying sport, there's no way that weightlifting can't. There's so much drama. It's a absolute strength. It's weight classes. It's international. It's Rocky IV. It's it's crazy. Have you ever seen Rocky IV? I have. Yeah. I think that you need to uh, maybe put this passion into an infomercial. For your fellow weightlifting. I just want to save the sport. Or not, Is that too much of an ask? Weightlifting fans now. You can turn them Yeah. Over. The Jimmy Jimmy cast. The Jimmy cast. Um gotta figure out a way to monetize it, man. All comes down gotta figure out a way to draw an advertiser. Wasn't that how it's we started all the podcast? All about the money. How I mean that's we... what we're trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. All right, part two. We'll figure out how to get money in weightlifting and save the sport. Get money. And All right, that's cool. That's it. All right, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. it was you programmed it and it was a weightlifting <laughs> big surprise